Hey there. I'm James. And I'm Sam. We love television. But it can often be a cruel mistress. Cutting off new shows before they ever get a chance to shine. Here on We Hardly Knew You, we give these single season shows a fair shake. By actually going back and watching them. Join us today as we begin our discussion of Godless. Is it possible that our podcasting experience has somehow made us even more long-winded? Will the indomitable juggernaut that is Netflix find success in the arena of single-season TV shows? Does James ever actually tell me when he's hit the record button? Answers to these questions and more in part one. Godless, we hardly knew you. So, we finished off Firefly. Is this happening? Last week. Is this the beginning? Yes. We started? Yes. Okay. Are we ever going to start an episode without one of us questioning whether or not we started? I don't think so. Okay. It just wouldn't feel right anymore. Right. It's happened so much. Mm-hmm. It's like when you watch a lot of seasons of a show and there's a main character that's been in every single episode... And then they have one episode where that character wasn't in it at all. Yeah. And it just feels wrong somehow. Yeah, something's off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so let's, we probably won't do that. Yeah. So we, so we've started. Yes, we have. So last week we finished with Firefly. This week we're going to begin with Godless. So we need to do a rundown. Yeah. Which had not occurred to me until just this very minute. So I hope that you prepped for this rundown. The show is called Godless. I know that much. The show is called Godless. It is a Netflix original. Which this is our first Netflix original. It's not a CW show. That like is true. 90% of our like Most of what we did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this this was Netflix original uh, released in end of 2017. Mm-hmm. Starring... Um, we got several people, but Jeff Daniels, I feel like, is probably the most well-known character or actor. Yes, followed by Sam Waterston. Mm-hmm. Um, but I learned that Michelle Dockery is is well known. She's the character actress that plays Alice. Okay. Um, just yesterday, she was in. Uh, oh, you saw her yesterday. Yeah, just yesterday she was at the store. Yeah. And I was like, "Oh, you're from Godless." And she's like, "I'm from other things too." <laughs> no, she was in uh my fiance's uh In Style magazine. Oh, okay. And I Sorry was like, "Oh, that's her from Godless." And she said, eh, "That's really her from um Downton Abbey." Downton Abbey. Yeah. Yep. That's um, her big thing, I guess. Yeah, so this is a a western. Mhm. That's not in space. It's not in space. It's good old, as you said, terra firma mm-hmm. cowboys um, set in the 1840s. Uh, I knew it was the 18s. Yeah, I think. Post-Civil post War, I believe. Okay. Okay. So that would have to be later then, right? Yes, because there are characters that were soldiers in the Civil War. That's true. So mid mid to late i guess eight, 1800s, 1800s. Mm-hmm. basically the show revolves around this gentleman named roy good played by jack o'connell 
I I don't a hundred percent disagree with you that it revolves <laughs> around him. Okay. You seem very sure that he's the main character. No. I don't seem sure that he's the main character, but he is the character around which the narrative is centered. He's the character around which the the story arc pivots. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like the the initiating events. Yes. So what's your issue? I don't. A. I don't care as much about him. Yeah. I agree. Not that not that I don't care, but there are people that I find more interesting. Yes. And this show just goes so in depth on other people's storylines. Right. That it's hard to say, you know, it, there have been plenty of shows where there was a main character that I didn't think was the most interesting. Yeah. But a lot of times when that happens, I don't get everything I want from those secondary characters. Like I don't get to experience their perspective as much yeah. and in yeah. this show they're like we're just gonna give you we, yeah you definitely get mm-hmm. we definitely dive into most if not every character yeah in here and so this would be a good time to bring up talking about that that you said this is a netflix original which yeah. makes it unique to us and also this is unique to us in that it is a single season show that had always intended to be a single season show. Yes, it 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 is never intended to go past this. But I think I think the spirit of the show, which is kind of encapsulated in its title, mm-hmm. that we hardly knew you. Mm-hmm. I think it still fits. Yeah, absolutely. Because we only got we still only get one season of them. Mm-hmm. There are definitely still people and characters in this show that I'd like to. Mm-hmm see more of yeah more uh, so than in a lot of other shows we've watched actually so. yeah mm-hmm. um so i i i think that's how that still fits with our format yeah and honestly it's our show i was gonna say we <laughs> we, don't, we make the rules you don't have to explain yourself to these people <laughs> yeah. these listeners yeah this is our show so we'll do what we want yeah the plebeians last week we talked about a movie mm-hmm. so We're, we sit up here on our throne yeah and the the we are the bourgeoisie I think I think I use that term correctly. Okay, but I could I be wrong. Know, I don't know French. So, was that is that French? I don't know. I don't know French. I so thought I it know. was. I thought it was Russian. <laughs> We're talking or, about Godless. We're talking about Godless. This Western mm-hmm. that took place in uh, Labelle, New Mexico, which which was, which was just kind of referred to as like the territory. Yes, I don't think. It's not a state. They specifically say it's not a state yet. No. Because there's a point in which they bring up how everything's going to change for people if statehood rolls around. Right, right. So it is not a state, but, you know, just for your reference and where on the map Mm -hmm. this takes place, it's the Southwest. Mm -hmm. Which one thing, there are not many complaints I have about the show, which will kind of already inform you the listener as to where i'm gonna be in a lot of this conversation Mm -hmm. but one thing that i did take a a bit of issue with is it takes place in labelle new mexico but there are within us it's hard to judge time in the way that they edit this show because there are characters that ride horses to like four or five states away i think they reference 
They definitely reference Colorado. Mm-hmm. And Wyoming. Okay. Mm-hmm. And Wyoming. Yeah. Uh, California. That's where Roy's mm-hmm. brother went to. Mm-hmm. You know, spoiler alert. Just across the bat, if you you either need to not plan on watching it or have already watched all of it. Yeah. And I would actually suggest go ahead and watch it yeah go this ahead is, and pause yeah watch, watch the show watch it's the seven show. it's seven episodes uh, mm-hmm. they range from about 40 to 80 minutes which is another thing to bring up about it being a netflix show yeah is that this more than any show not just for the podcast but any show i've ever watched this has the most varied times right of episodes episodes right because the the smallest one is smaller than a regular episode of television right and the longest one is like a feature length yeah is handily big enough to be a feature length film yeah i i i appreciate it because it it doesn't feel like it needs to cram whatever story into 40 minutes or stretch any story into 40 minutes Mm -hmm. it tells what it needs to tell in that episode mm-hmm. and takes whatever time it needs to take to yeah. tell that story. Mm-hmm. And when it decides it's done with that part of the story, yeah, it just ends. It just ends. And moves on to the next part. Yeah. So it's seven episodes, 40 to 80 minutes long. Um, it, it was one of the more enjoyable watches um, mm-hmm. of, this, of this podcast for me. Mm-hmm. I would say that it's only difficult to say that because we just watched firefly okay and if we hadn't done that even though i really like freaks and geeks and i really enjoy eerie indiana yeah for for what it is i would say that overall if i had to pick a favorite it would be firefly and now godless would be right there okay i was i was maybe fighting putting that up close second with uh eerie indiana okay not that i didn't enjoy firefly not that i didn't enjoy freaks and geeks mm-hmm. but the nostalgia um and the lightheartedness and yeah. creativity of eerie indiana mm-hmm. I, I is that was probably my favorite show they're um, they're kind of favorites and opposites yeah because this is not lighthearted. this is not lighthearted mm-hmm. at all um not nostalgic either necessarily because I, I mean, wasn't alive. not nostalgic for anyone that's still alive. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't wasn't alive back then, but mm-hmm. and probably I'm thankful for that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. One thing you learn watching this show is that you're thankful you didn't you know yeah. live in the West because you wouldn't have lived very long, no. most likely. No. So the show is about this gentleman named Roy Good, supposedly. <sighs> It's about we're, the town. Just, I think it's about the town of LaBelle. Okay. Okay. Well, okay. I'm trying to explain the show and do the rundown. You're trying to get into actual conversation. Topics. Right. Okay. Do the rundown. I'll be quiet. I'll do the rundown. I mean, you can interject. Just don't challenge me on things yet. Okay. If, well, how about I just don't challenge you on the same thing three times <laughs> yeah, in a row? Just don't keep challenging the same thing. So Roy Good, he is a an outlaw used to run with this gentleman named Frank Griffin, who's played by Jeff Daniels. Um, Roy betrays his, his group of outlaws run by Frank. Um, and I don't know that you said, did you say that Jeff Daniels is Frank? Yes. Okay. 
So just challenge me on that one more time, mm-hmm. and you'll have your three. Okay. And then we can move on to the next but I don't topic. But ne- I don't need to do it that w- <laughs> because now they know because I said it. Because you said it, too. I said that Jeff Dan. I said it. I don't you know, know if I said it, too. You know that it's out there mm-hmm. now. I think I might have been the only one that said it. That's but. fine. We'll, f- we'll, we'll see later. Mm-hmm. And listener, just go back. Just go back and just, find you out. You can go back and you can see who's, who's right. I like giving a lot of listener instruction in this episode. Yeah. First, we told them to pause and watch the series, and then we told them to rewind. Well, see, I think it makes I think it, it's it makes it more immersive. Yeah. For mm-hmm. the listener, usually you're just kind of at least the way I listen to podcasts. I'm doing the dishes, mm-hmm. driving to and from work, mm-hmm. um, doing some some mindless tasks. Mm-hmm. Now this kind of requires the listener to be involved yeah be engaged you know, listener. really really listen and, and really actively mm-hmm. listen here yeah and um and touch touch your left index finger to your nose <laughs> also i just want to see if you'll do it tweet at us if you do pat your head and rub your stomach mm-hmm. uh hop on one leg mm-hmm. roy betrays frank who's yep. played by jeff daniels good Frank is this like menacing outlaw who's just been terrorizing the West. Mm-hmm. He vowed to, you know, hunt down Roy and basically just like kill and burn down any city mm-hmm. that harbors him. Right. So Roy's on the run, ends up running into Michelle Dockery's character, Alice Fletcher. Mm-hmm. The sheriff comes by arrests Roy this is the way Frank finds out Roy's in LaBelle yeah that's a very wise you just went from episode two to episode like the end of episode six yes right Mm -hmm. because I just want to kind of get this out yeah Frank finds out that Roy is in LaBelle so now he's coming for LaBelle Mm -hmm. um but along the way, the, in the time it takes Frank to get from wherever he is mm-hmm. to LaBelle. Um, that's when we really get to dig into everyone's yeah, stories. That's when we're really digging into everyone's stories. But the the inciting incident, yes, is Roy shows up in LaBelle. Mm-hmm. And then and, that creates the tension. And the of, tension is Frank's a comet. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's an interesting... For all the shows, like we said, this one is the only one we've done that was only supposed to be a season. And it was interesting how they really nailed, the writers really nailed what a single season show should look like, which is that we start with an inciting incident and we know from the beginning, right right from the very first moment, there's like basically no doubt that the climax is we is going to be Frank and his gang come to LaBelle. Right. We spend six episodes, six episodes building up that tension of they're going to come. So what's going to happen in between then and now? Right. And, um, we haven't gotten to the main, we've gotten to the main character, uh, using severe air quotes, um, to question that and challenge it once again. Yeah. But, we have not gotten to the main conceit of the show, which is the town of LaBelle and what makes it so unique. Yeah. Yeah. So I definitely agree that you, this show is about LaBelle. Um, because while we are waiting on Frank to show up, mm-hmm. we also learn that this town of LaBelle, LaBelle mm-hmm. is 
very special. Yes. Because it's a mining town. They mine silver. Silver, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a mining town. They in was it years ago or it months ago? Was I feel like it was no more than two years yeah. and okay. no less than eight months. And for some reason I I can't say anywhere in between those two, but I know that. Well, I think maybe what you're getting at with the months thing is wasn't there a character that was pregnant? Pregnant during the the incident, which we still haven't described yet, right? And has a kid, right? Now, so yeah, it could be mm-hmm. much sooner than that. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a mining incident. The mine exploded, or did it collapse? There was some kind of chemo. They explained it, but they used, you know, in very real terminology. Yeah. They explained it with mining terms, yeah. and I didn't fully understand it. Yeah. There was an accident in the mine that caused everyone that was in the mine to die. Right. Which was... 83 men. Yeah, which is which is essentially all of the men mm-hmm. in the town, minus the sheriff, his deputy, um, and some of the elder. The undertaker, the shopkeeper, and the bartender, the bartender and yeah. the uh, stable hand. Yes, yeah, the liv- the livery is what they call it. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So all the men are dead, and this town is run mainly by the women. Yes. Which is going to be one of our conversation topics, but I'll just introduce it now. Mm-hmm. Uh, very atypical of the Western genre. Right. It's, which is it's- a very male-centric genre. Mm-hmm. It's turned on its head by saying, all right, we're going to kill all the men. <laughs> yeah. Still make this a Western. Which is funny because you're absolutely right. It turns the genre on its head by saying, we're going to kill all the men. And yet, right. as a Western, you, we are still saying the main character is a man. <laughs> is a man. Mm-hmm. Because okay. I think a, part, a big theme of the conversation we're going to have to have about this show is the show simultaneously wants to and succeeds in a lot of ways to buck the problematic like, yeah. or even just predictable issues yeah. of a Western and still very much fits in the like square peg square hole of yeah. this is a western this is a western mm-hmm. both in both in storytelling just kind of interesting ways and then also in a few problematic ways that are just kind of unavoidable right or at least they didn't avoid them they, they, yeah they, they still fell prey to them mm-hmm. um i talked about alice fletcher for a moment mm-hmm. um She's a widow twice. She's a yeah, widow twice unrelated mm-hmm. to the um mining incident though. Yes, because Alice it, you have to understand at the beginning her relationship to the town is tense is yeah because she relies on the town somewhat. Right. But she lives on the outskirts of it yeah. and the townspeople don't like her for complicated reasons that we could probably dig into. Yeah. So she's, yes, definitely connected to the town, lives on the outskirts, has her own ranch out there. Mm-hmm. But she's the main, one of the, one of the main characters that Roy interacts with. Yes. Um, and I, we brought up that she is twice widowed and she's really the main character that when I got deeper into her backstory in the show, that's when I said, man, 
I guess you really didn't want to live in the West because <laughs> everyone around you just either you died or they died. Or they died, yeah. Because you just got to move on with it. Her conceit is that she's from the East Coast, came out to oh. the West to be married off yeah. to uh, someone that was in business with like her brother or something. Yeah. And then the like the day she got there, yeah. they got caught in a flash, flash flood, flood and he dies. <laughs> he died. And then... Um, she is rescued by Bill, the sheriff, who we could yeah. bring into the conversation. Yeah, Bill, also a victim of death mm-hmm. by, you know, old-timey. Well, there's, no, I won't even say that because it, it's still very much an issue now. Yes. Um, Bill is the sheriff. Mm-hmm. Um, his wife died during childbirth. Right. Mm-hmm. Giving birth to their second child, their daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, Bill has a very complicated relationship with the town as well. Yes. Um, which is kind of a, a joining factor between Alice and Bill. Right. And sort of the romantic tensions that build up between them. Yeah. They're both of the town, but very much feel isolated, isolated from it. From it. Mm-hmm. Um, Bill's sister Mary Agnes, mm-hmm. uh, Maggie, Maggie is also is, referred to as Maggie through, mm-hmm. throughout the show. Who, I don't know if you remember, because I don't remember how far into the show New Girl that you watched. Okay. But there was the um, story arc where Schmidt, who's usually like a very, um, very much about outward appearance yeah. and, and vain, um, dates his old college he goes back and dates his old college girlfriend who is yeah. larger you know? yeah i do remember that mm-hmm. arc and it's the same actress and nice. um she brings a lot of i will say of any actor in this show she brings the most straightforward intensity yeah because I want to talk a lot about Jeff Daniels talking about this show and I'm sure we will. Right. But his is a, a smolder or like a, um, like a, a like a, yeah, it's a whisper that brings you in and Uh hers is just straight to the point. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. I, I would liken her to, this is the way I described a lot of my teachers. I went to Catholic school. We both went to Catholic school, not the yes. same Catholic school, but a lot of the teachers I had up until fourth grade. And mm-hmm. I also, I always described them as razor sharp mm-hmm. because they had the ability to like really, really cut to the point mm-hmm. and, but in a, but still in a very compassionate way. Yeah. Um, sometimes they came off, a little mm-hmm. tough, but you know, you need that. Yeah. You needed that sometimes. And and I, I liken Mary Agnes to that. She wasn't, she didn't beat around the bush, mm-hmm. um, but she wasn't just nasty for the sake of being nasty. Yeah. She it was, it was out of a love and compassion for her people and for her town. I like that. She was very self-aware that she didn't care or didn't want to like talk about these things, mm-hmm. but she didn't throw it at people and say like, I don't care. She, she would say things like, you know, you can go talk to somebody else about this. <laughs> yeah. Like, or, you know, that sounds like, that sounds like a big issue, but 
you know, I'm not the person I'm that not, you need I'm to come. I'm not the one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I, I do want to get back to the introduction of Bill because you brought up that his wife had died in childbirth. Yeah. And I will say, because I'm worried I'll forget about it later, because it really doesn't get pushed on too much. But Bill, maybe more than anyone that I can think of off the top of my head, is the most likable, terrible father. Oh, yeah. That I've come across in a lot of TV and movies. Okay. Um, <clears throat> because I don't think it's going to ever come up in what we've planned on discussing. Mm-hmm. I want to dig into why he's a terrible father and why I think he's not a terrible father. I got the impression he was having a hard time being a good father because he maybe held some animosity towards his daughter yes his daughter is the younger one they do have a son who's only maybe like a year older yeah a few years older maybe Mm -hmm. um he held some animosity because she died giving birth to that daughter yes so i i don't i can't i can't blame him because maybe psychologically he's projecting some of that hate of the death Mm -hmm. on his daughter yeah. I don't think he wants to. I don't think he willingly hates mm-hmm. that his daughter caused, and I'm making air quotes, caused her death. Mm-hmm. But um, I can't imagine, I can't imagine dealing with my wife dying yeah. and immediately after having a daughter mm-hmm. that came as a result of this. Yeah. The those wires crossing i can imagine how that despair mm-hmm. and maybe even anger mm-hmm. just subconsciously gets projected onto this person inadvertently yeah i i will concede cuz i i hadn't really thought of it but um i really like the way that you phrased it that he doesn't want to yeah have that that those negative feelings towards her because my point was going to be, I absolutely agree that he feels that way because partially because of what happened to his wife. Yeah. But I, I feel very comfortable calling him a terrible father because, uh, I don't real. I mean, I don't really care why he's mean to this like why he has this poor relationship with this small child because i am i'm probably wired to always take the um the the point of view of the of the child yeah and i will give a few you know brownie points to he's trying not to have these these emotions because he's not He's not abusive. He's not neglectful. He's dis- he's not he's out- dismissive. Yes, but he he cares for them. He definitely loves them. Yeah. I, well, I, but I he I don't think I don't think you can object to it. I think he definitely loves his kids. He the the part where I come up against and then we still haven't introduced this so I need to throw it into the conversation that mm-hmm. I assume as part of the difficult birth um, his daughter seems to have some type of you know 
obviously undiagnosed because of the time and place, uh, learning disability. Okay. I didn't pick up on that, but well, she's, she is what they called at the time, uh, mute. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. And, and when the sister comes to visit in one of the earliest scenes, she comes to visit them and Maggie like greets her and, you know, gives her a hug and like says hello to her. And he says basically something to the extent of you don't have to do that. Like she doesn't get it anyways. Like, why do you bother? Yeah. And the sister says there's more than one way to like say hello. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I didn't pick up on that. I, I kind of just attributed their, her nonverbal nature because the son didn't speak either. Not much, but, I mean, but I he just, did in scenes, whereas the girl never said a word the whole I just time. kind of attributed that to these are children actors. Mm-hmm. They're not really, they're not part of the narrative. They're kind of set pieces. Yeah. Um, I just wrote that up to she didn't have lines. Yeah, I they didn't, are. I didn't really, but it, it makes sense. I do, I do get it. I do agree. They are kind is, of set pieces. I think pieces. that is the case. Yeah, you're right. Uh, and um, the only other point that i want because we don't need to spend all day on it because like you said they really are just sort of set pieces they they're not a huge focus of the show yeah but that's kind of what i find weird about his fathering technique is that for a large chunk of the show he goes off on his own and just decides that he wants to do it to hunt down frank right yes and sort of this I'm going to protect everyone and it's right. my job sort of way. But right. also it's very clear that part of him doing this is He's running away from his responsibility is, is wanting to prove himself. And it's all oh, about okay. self validation because he's okay. so dismissed and dejected. And yeah. um, what did, what was the word that you had to correct me on earlier? Emas- e- emasculated. Emasculated. Yeah. Um, that he needs to prove himself to the extent where he thinks he's probably going to die. <laughs> so he's, but he's still willing to just leave yeah. his kids with his sister anyways. Yeah. Um, I thought you were going the direction, but I want to say it. I don't know if you heard me. Uh, I thought you were going the direction that he was running away too, mm. from, from just having to take care of these kids. I could, I could see that, but honestly, he doesn't, even though, because like you said, he doesn't seem like somebody that shirks his responsibility. He feeds his kids and and puts a roof over them and everything. Right. Right. I just, I didn't find him as neglectful in that he would just walk out on them for no reason Mm -hmm. or because he's weak in that way. Yeah. But he's definitely emotionally withholding. Right. Right. Um, so before we run out of time in this episode, uh, we've got about six minutes. Mm-hmm. We have, we finished with the sheriff. We talked about his sister, um, Bill's deputy. Yes. Um, is a young man named Whitey Wynn. Yes. Which is uh, a great name. Which is just, <laughs> just, a, yeah. just a fantastic name for the character. For this character. Because I, I pointed out that in my time. notes when I referenced him, if I had forgot his name or hadn't learned it yet, I called him 
the rat mustached kid. <laughs> yeah, he had a disgusting mustache. Mm-hmm. But I, I think it helped identify his like youth. Yes, yes, it did. He was a kid, could hardly grow a mustache. Scrawny, scrawny, mm-hmm. but I mean, he's he's the deputy in yes. this in this town. So I kind of I, I kind of do like that juxtaposition of this person in authority, but is also still very much a child. Mm-hmm. Can't even um, can't even be trusted to take a bath yeah. regularly because mm-hmm. throughout the show they mention how bad he smells. Yes, and you you mentioned the juxtaposition of he's in such authority and yet he's still so young mm-hmm. and i do also really like the juxtaposition of um bill who's older yeah. and has like real heavy issues like weighing down on him mm-hmm. and everything feels very serious with bill and then Whitey is just so boastful. Like he always just he's, wants he's to impress. He's twirling his guns. Oh, he's constantly he's practicing the, he's the gun twirl. He's looking in the twirl. mirror, mm-hmm. you know, fixing his hair, styling his hair and stuff. He does the whole like pretending to draw on <laughs> like, you know, imaginary, you know, people. <laughs> yeah. Which is why, and I don't know, I, you were probably going somewhere else, but I, I honestly found it a surprising portion of the the writing that when there are a few couple of just drunk outlaws that aren't that important to the story um but they're just being a real nuisance to the town yeah it turns out whitey actually is very good with those guns right yeah mm-hmm. yeah, yeah yeah and he He's, takes them down real quick yes it, it, it's almost um you're you're used to the braggadocious young upstart being proven to be mm-hmm. actually ineffective with, yeah gets with put his in his place but in this case it's like well okay yeah he's mm-hmm. he's bragging for a reason yeah he is actually really good because there's a part where he and um maggie are kind of at odds for mm-hmm. whatever reason yeah and they were gonna they were they were gonna do they were going to do the um stereotypical western like draw on each other draw on each other and, and, mm-hmm. and you know mary agnes Maggie Maggie um said you think you can outdraw me and and like it turns out she outdrew him yeah but um later later in the show they're talking Mm -hmm. and she said you didn't you didn't let me outdraw you Mm -hmm. did you and the way Whitey responded he said no yes but the way he responded made me think that he he actually did it left it in the open they left it in the open and i think maggie also got that impression too Mm -hmm. like he's saying no Mm -hmm. to be nice because there is a character an interesting like relationship between those two characters yeah where i that we can dive into later but i would see that you know if you draw there's there's a mentality that when you draw on someone yeah you're gonna shoot you're gonna shoot them and i could see that their relationship he wouldn't be willing right to do that yeah the their relationship was worth more than Mm -hmm. him proving that he's a good draw Mm -hmm. in a a good shoot yeah which which is a more complex character than i would see in most westerns that i can think of yeah and 
that he's so braggadocious to use that word that I'm happy that you brought into my <laughs> my vernacular. Into lexicon. I haven't thought about that word in so long. <laughs> um, but he is so braggadocious, and yet he he's not only perceived childishly, and there are scenes where he still wants that childlike yeah. life mm-hmm. that he never got because he was because he was orphaned oh, by yeah. this by this accident, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's almost looking like our rundowns are becoming just the entire the entire first episode. episodes. Yeah, I don't know what is and isn't rundown at at some point at a certain yeah at a certain point because because we are talking about some things we're not talking about the like the major points Mm -hmm. that we discussed earlier Mm -hmm. but just to finish off some of the people we will be referencing Mm -hmm. going back to alice fletcher Mm -hmm. she had a son with her second husband with her second husband Mm -hmm. um who's a paiute native american yes um his name is trucky yeah um, and Truckee's grandmother so alice's second husband's mother yes who lives is. lives with him yes her name is eovi mm-hmm. and she is also a uh, paiute she is also paiute mm-hmm. which is a which is interesting because it's not a native american tribe that i was really familiar with okay um before the show and i've i've looked them up a little bit since then just to to see because i didn't honestly i feel embarrassed to say that but i didn't know if they had maybe created this particular group for the show but they did not it's a a very real group um that would have been in that area um so i just thought it was interesting that they didn't you know go for uh including just native american groups that are so identifiable because of their constant presence in our right in our culture right um so yes yovi trucky am i missing anyone um the marshall the marshals played by sam waterson marshall cook yep who actually the show opens on sam waterson yeah and it opens on him and just his eyes and the top of like it's that close-up where it's his eyes the top of his big old bushy mustache good mustache and the bottom (laughs) of the brim of his hat yeah and when i saw his eyes i wrote down in my notes i would know those eyes anywhere (laughs) (laughs) also you and sam waterston are are pretty close huh yeah because we're both sam okay good Mm -hmm. point yeah and And have both been known for um some pretty notable mustaches yeah oh yeah Mm -hmm. now i will say and i could be corrected on this i suppose but real powerful facial hair Mm -hmm. i don't feel like it's entirely possible to have powerful facial hair until it's gray okay i you can have good facial hair you can have masculine you can have interesting yeah you can have a lot of descriptors (laughs) of your facial hair powerful it's not powerful until it's gray <laughs> until it's gray any others um need to- there are there are other characters that yeah. we will want to get into um but i don't th- know that there are any other main characters right right, right. Uh, but there will definitely be some relationships that come up out of out of all of those 
So that's our rundown. That's our rundown episode. Yeah. So maybe, would, yeah. maybe that's just going to be the format from here on out is is rundowns are the entire first episode before we I jump mean, into that meat and potatoes of the conversation. Thinking back on some of the things we watched, I don't know that we could have done a full episode rundown of like Birds oh, yeah. of Prey. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or The Flash. Yeah. Honestly, and again, I liked Erie, Indiana a lot, but... Mm-hmm. But the premise that, yeah. was so simple. Right. If it's a very simple premise, right, then you can with three, mm-hmm. four main characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that's that's it. I guess so. Hold it right there, partner. Where do you think you're running off to with my podcast episode? Ain't nothing over till the cold steel of my pistol says it's over. Now, now, why don't you just holster them there irons and take a shit while I get this here episode to where it belongs to the fine podcast listeners. You'll get another chance at making off with the loot next week. But you can trust I'll be here waiting. And if you're worried you might miss that stagecoach what delivers them their episodes next week, just hit that subscribe button. Or you could search We Hardly Knew You on Twitter or Instagram. All right, until then, We Hardly Knew You.